Hello and welcome to episode one of the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Wooburn, and this is a podcast featuring interviews with inspiring CEOs, senior executives, startup entrepreneurs, and business leaders across Australia. And today, I have the absolute pleasure of having a conversation with Damien Zamet, Director at Logicalis Australia, one of Australia's leading IT services organisations. Damien has had a very interesting career and one that we'll explore in some detail today. We will touch on the topic of resilience in a leadership context, then move on to how CEO and board level priorities have changed throughout the pandemic. And then to finish off, we'll have a chat about continuous learning. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So with that, here's Damien Zamet from Logicalis. Damien, welcome to Leadership Conversations. Thank you, thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome. I remember when I first met you many years ago now, you were very charismatic and it was very clear to me that you had achieved success in your career. So I thought to kick off this conversation today, we can have a chat about your career to date and then perhaps touch on the topic of resilience in a leadership context and then move on to how CEO and board level priorities have changed throughout the pandemic. And then to finish off, have a brief chat about continuous learning. So with that, let's let's dive right in. You've had a really interesting career and one that is admired by many. And I would really like to unpack that in some detail. Would you mind sharing with the listeners of this podcast a little bit about your journey? I was brought up in Melbourne, in the western suburbs, to a blue collar family. And I guess one of the things that my parents really installed into me is, I guess, a focus on, on hard work and, and getting things done. I was an average you know, high schooler. I did have a passion for technology and IT. And, and then that was sort of installed with me sort of in the you know, early ages of my, my high school journey there. And then I decided to, to try and do a computer science uni degree. And I, I attended that for sort of two days and, and said that this isn't for me. So I, I ended up dropping out of that and then found a, a small system integrator focused more in the com- commercial space. So IT systems for, for buildings and cabling. And I was there for about five years. And, and that's where I guess that hard work sort of got installed with me. I, I was sort of working with that blue collar sort of electricians while I was the, the sort of the IT guy floating around there. And then I I ended up finding another organisation called uh, Winthrop Australia. They exposed me to to more larger organisations and customers, primarily in the education space. But that's where I started working with with vendors and uh, getting a good understanding of networking with people and and relationships. And then also mentors as well and and what value they can bestow upon me and, and my career. Which was really good and that was probably at Winthrop was the turning point for my career because I was given quite a bit of an autonomy and responsibility. Still had I guess no leadership uh, responsibilities there but I sort of worked out that that's where I wanted to go and in doing so I went out on my own as a freelance contractor because I said hey I can do this but I, I was still relatively young at the time and I did a couple of jobs on my own accord and then ended up uh, doing a, a gig for a company called Thomas Dreyer Consulting and they just said, just come work for us. And it was a very 
eccentric organisation and it seemed it was a lot of fun at the time. But I guess what they allowed me to do was to, to find a passion to grow a business inside a business. And, and in doing so, start the early stages of understanding what, what leadership was. And through that, being provided autonomy to build something. And by having, I guess, the, the basics of, of management, starting to understand leadership and that autonomy, I built out a, a fairly sizable team in, in that organisation, which was great. I started then playing around. I had responsibilities for P&L and strategy and planning, but that's where I guess the, the fundamentals of my leadership developed. That organisation was acquired where I'm working now, uh, a company called Logicalis, and and here's where those leadership skills or those early leadership skills that I developed really allowed me to grow and I ended up being promoted in Logicalis Australia to general manager and to now where I am of director of services and running sort of large teams responsible for, for every most as, as aspects of the business and yeah, looking for obviously planning the growth and strategy and the execution of our of our vision. Damien, it's, a, it's an amazing story and obviously it must be a really interesting journey for you to go on seeing the Thomas Strayer Consulting business, which was largely a very successful and very well-known business in the IT market nationally, to get acquired by a, a large global um, IT powerhouse being Logicalis. What's kept you at the you know, at the company for such a long period of time? Yeah, good, good question, Brad. I think it's three things. The first one would be trust. So the organisation trusts me to do what I need to do to drive the results. So that's a that's a big fundamental part, I think. And and I trust my superiors, managers, and and also my peers as well to deliver on I guess what we commit as a management team or, or, or senior leadership team as part of that. So that's probably one of the, the, the biggest ones. And the next piece is probably the autonomy. So th being able to make the decisions that I need to do to drive and execute those results are probably the two main things. And the, and the third thing is just the people, right? There's, mm -hmm. a, there's an amazing workforce where I work. Everybody's different. Obviously, we haven't touched base or seen people face to face for a little while now, but it's, it's just interesting. I, I've seen People, you know, get married, have kids, grow, start their own business, like all sorts of people in Logicalis that, that I've seen come through. And it forms quite a lot of personal relationships with a lot of people. So definitely that, that people and culture side still is still very much a big part of, of where I like to work. So that's why I'm still here. Wonderful. I want to shift gears now to the topic of resilience, but specifically in a leadership context. You know, when things are going well, leaders often make decisions for tomorrow based on the state of the business yesterday and today. And no leader gets it right all the time. Resilient leaders are able to adapt and adjust to new situations, and they possess the determination to keep moving forward, even if they have to change direction along the way. Resilience is what gets us through the difficult periods and provides us with the courage to take calculated risks that are often required in a time of, of crisis. How have you, Damien, adopted a resilient mi mindset throughout your leadership career to date? Yeah, well, resilient mindset. I think this is something that has to be learned. Like you have to learn to fail. And, and I, I remember 
on the the, the first time when I when I failed, how actual actually scared I was. I, I, mm. I thought that's it. I've I've made one mistake. I, I how do I how do I get my team to understand that I, I failed my team? So it's it's definitely a, a journey to understand what a resilient mind is, and and I continue to, to, to grow through that. And and I'll probably talk a little bit that, of that now, but. It's, it's that growth, it's learning from your mistakes. As I sort of touched on before, I'm trusted in my organization and that's trust on my failures and, and also my successes because the resilient side of things is, I guess, being able to quickly return things to a good condition after a problem has been found or identified. And if I've made the mistake personally, or I've done something incorrect, that transparency side of things is, is probably key and, and that brings a bit of a humanity as well to your team to say, hey, I've made a mistake and this is what went wrong and this is how we're going to learn from that mistake. And having a good level of communication with your team, because if you, if you have that communication, you have that humility, you'll be trusted by your team. And, and with that, I guess, owning the problem. So owning the problem from, from start to finish uh, I guess is is how you start building a resilient mindset. But over the journey and what I've seen, and I'm I'm still relatively young in my career, I would have thought anyway. I do think is once you build a resilient mindset, people tend to I guess leverage that and and work with you on on quite a lot of problems throughout an an organisation, and that that is that can also bring its its challenges as well. So having that resilient mindset is good to get things done. But then I guess there's a whole lot of learnings that you was, you know, that I'm experiencing, especially with COVID and you know the economies and all sorts of stuff that are happening, where that resilient mindset is is being challenged. And there's a whole bunch of learnings that I've actually picked up along the way. Brilliant. Thank thank you for sharing that. And I, a lot of people use the analogy fail fast, and I'm a big believer in that. Because, you know, specifically in the space that you and I play in the IT industry, it's changing on a daily basis. And if you don't adapt and and maneuver yourself in a very, you know, quick manner, you fall behind very quickly. And to remain relevant, you have to have that kind of mindset and approach to to your role and and what you're responsible for. Uh, Good insights there, Damien. We've obviously been through a very tough period, being the pandemic, and you know we're starting to to see things come back to some form of normality in in Australia. How have you seen CEO and board level priorities changed during this period? You know, are there any key themes that have come out of some of the conversations that you've had with CEOs and and C level executives over the last kind of eighteen plus months? Yeah, I think every business has changed obviously with the pandemic and i think we're going through our next change cycle now so when COVID hit march in 2020 every business sort of tried to work from home as best they can so there was a whole heap of investment around i guess digitization and modernization of systems so that 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 can be enabled with with, with working from home i guess people have, have remained i guess uh, uh, a level of status and now we're looking at what's what's the new normal moving forward, and I'm talking from a customer lens, and then I'll probably talk from a from a logicalist lens, and how we're changing as well as a business. But we are having a lot of conversations with customers about how to get back in, in into work, and how how to best bring those people back into work so that they can feel safe, they can stay, still still be engaged, but then also to have the balances from working from home as as well as back in the office. 
And we are seeing a big take on change and change management with a, a whole bunch of legacy sort of systems being repurposed or modernised so that we can uh, look at data, look at efficiencies in, in the way that a business will, will move forward. Inside Logicalis, we, we had a new CEO, Bob Bogalski, come in on the 1st of March 2020. So he was sort of in, in the role for a couple of weeks before everything shut down. And I guess we're going through through our organisation and, and a, a big period of change to focus more on, on services and annuity-based services and helping our customers, I guess, transform. And I guess we've got the, the, the trademark of architects of change. So we're, we're looking at how do we change our customers' environments, I guess, to be more modern. But what we're going through inside Logicalis in its own is quite a big period of change with, I guess, with redeveloping our offerings, redeveloping our go-to-markets, looking for efficiencies at the way that everything from the sales cycle to the consulting to the delivery to the managed services side of things. We're going through a big period of change in our business and taking our staff onto that journey as well. And that, that brings some interesting challenges and topics. Obviously, everybody is, is they've got their specialties and, and we're asking our teams to change for the better. They do see the, the reason for that. And I think most or if not all people are on board with that change. But it's how do you implement change as you or implement a change cycle as you're still trying to maintain the status quo? Because change has a cost, has an impact to a business, obviously for the better, but it does take time. And obviously, as you, you still need to deliver an outcome as part of it. So there's a bit of an interesting balancing act going on in our mm. organization. And there's a lot of learnings as part of that. And going back to that resilient mindset, like you know, we do make mistakes, we do have challenges, we do have successes, and we are communicating that as best as we can into our organization. And like I said, everyone's pretty positive about all the changes that is going on and looking forward to, I guess, getting through the, the, the cycle as we continue to innovate our services so that we can better help our customers. When I talk to leaders, there's always some common themes. A lot of people read a lot of books and they always focus on ways to learn and evolve as an individual because there's always something to learn, right? I'd be keen to hear how you've adopted that continuous learning kind of approach to, to your career. I do read books, but I, I don't read a lot, but I read the same ones because I think if you continue to read more and more books on the same topic, you will dilute what you know, or you will dilute the ability to execute everything in those books. And mm. I've got a few sort of key books that I have read and I, I rehash them every now and again, especially when I, when I have a, a problem or a concern that I need to, to address. And, and th they've been a helpful tool that I've used moving forward in, in my career to date. Now, of course, I'll, I'll add to that collection over time, but that's one of the ways that I learned quite heavily about the, the leadership side of things. And if, you know, some of those books are extreme ownership, if, you, if you've heard of that book before by, by Jacko Wilk Inc, I think it is. And I guess that's a great read. I, I, I really liked work, reading that book because they were, I guess, ex-Navy SEAL commanders and they translated what was on the, the battlefield, I guess, to the life earnings and how that translates to business. And, and that book really, I guess, uplifted my way to engage a team, to engage managers of managers, to be able to execute a strategy move, moving forward. 
If I take another book that I that I rehash quite a lot, it's uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which I'm sure most people yeah, have it's read. Yeah, it's a great, great yeah, book. Yeah, been around for, I don't know, I think it was at the start of the 19th century or 1920s that it was, mm. or 30s that it was what it, that it was written. So that's that's another book that, that I tend to rehash, especially when you have potentially relationships or connections that aren't going the way that you need to. It's good to get an understanding of, of how that those tools can help bridge the gap as part of it. When I'm looking at, I guess, a, a product or a go-to-market, it, it's always good to read the, the Simon Simic book on Start With The Why. Mm. And, and I also like that. It's one, that's one of my favourites, actually. Yeah. And then uh, he's also got another book as well, which, I, which I've actually started reading and, and not too far progressed in it, which is, I think it's called Leaders Eat Last, which is, I guess, supporting your teams and, and, and how you do that moving forward. So they're, they're probably the three books and there'll be probably four added to that, that ha- has taught me how to, I guess, be a, a successful leader and, and continually grow from that. I do take points with, you know, Logicalis have, have have provided me, you know, leadership education, which is throughout the journey, which is which has been great and, and taught me quite a few things. And once again, I've got that material in this top drawer next to me here that I bring out every now and again. Mm. So from a leadership perspective and, and learning how to be a manager, learning how to be a leader, I, like I said, I'm still young in my career. I, I've sort of just used those reference books. In regards to, I guess, understanding technology and, and where where it's going in the organization and, and where businesses are going. I do leverage my Australian Financial Review subscription just with, with customers and businesses and seeing what publications mm. are there, especially for our publicly listed companies. I've, I look at industry publications and what I mean by that is the, the CRNs or the ARNs of the world on, on a daily basis mm-hmm. just to you know, that's sort of like my IT uh, Twitter feed that pops up because I can get a quick snapshot of, of what's happening there. And then the other things are just sort of talking to vendors, partners and customers. I'm, I'm quite lucky that I'm involved in, in a lot of executive briefings so I can understand vendors or customers or a partner that we use vision, where they're going, what help they need, what they need a, a partner to do or how they're helping customers. And it allows me to bridge the gap between all of those different sources to help work out what we can do in our organization a lot more efficiently, effectively, or change and go to market. And then I guess the, the third stage of how I keep relevant is, you know, just a basic LinkedIn research. I'm on the Comtea Executive Council as well, which is, mm-hmm. which is a, a, a very, it's a great industry body in, or it's globally, but in Australia and just how we can bring and build a community, an IT-centric community and share knowledge between our, uh, ourselves and get that out into the uh, Australian uh, community. And I find that to be very valuable as well. And they do release quite a lot of publications. And then finally, there's the trusty YouTube. When you have something, mm. you know, Google it or YouTube it, and you can sit there for five, 10 minutes and sort of get up to skill something pretty quickly. I do find that that's a very good reference for, for information. Yeah, agreed on that point. I use that tool quite frequently myself to upskill in you know certain areas. And there's, there's always going to be good you know, YouTube influencers that can provide you with a lot of uh, useful tools and, and information around you know where certain things are going. So that's that's really good to hear. Damien, to wrap up, I'm keen to hear from you as to you know, when we come out of this pandemic period, 
that we've all been going through. Is there one particular thing that you're really looking forward to? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a people person. So that, that human connection, sitting down with someone for lunch, um, not even talking about work, just talking about the person, building those relationships, as you and I have done many times as well over the course mm. of the journey. I guess understanding people, I reckon everyone is going to have an interesting story to tell outside of, of this pandemic and when we can get back to some sort of normality. So that, that human connection is something that I'm, I'm missing quite a lot. and. Probably the other thing that when I think about it is is the routines, just to be a little bit random. You know, every day feels like a groundhog day. I'm in my office here five, five six days a week. It would be good to, to look at different walls, different offices, yeah. uh, connecting with people, going on a journey, heading to the pub, all those sorts of things. Just a, a little bit of randomness would be nice. But, you know, it's good having working from home. I, I do find it valuable. I do have young family and kids. Mm. So that, that's great to have that connection side of things. But yeah, just a little bit of change every now and again will be beneficial to, to my sanity, I would have thought. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm definitely with you on that point. And having a young family myself, one of the things that we've really missed over this you know, 18 month period pandemic is just being able to go on those you know short trips away that's been obviously non-existent over the last 18 months and I know that we're very much looking forward to that as well and just being able to sit down at a restaurant or a cafe to have a have a coffee have some brunch have have a nice meal we're looking forward to those things it's amazing what things you miss when they're taken away from you Damien I wanted to thank you for your time today and thank you once again for agreeing to have a conversation with me on this podcast Thank you, Brad. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. It's, it's been great. And uh, hopefully your listeners can find this podcast valuable. Thank you.